Can we tell our worship team how much we love them this morning? Thank you for them to lead us so well, uh, so well. Uh, man, and I love you guys. I love the church. I love worshiping. There's something special uh, about coming together like this. There really is uh, to be screaming out for God uh, together. And so, like I said, we want uh, to just spend some time um, seeking the Lord's face. And so I want to open up uh, with this first um, truth for us to wrestle with this morning. Uh, that we're going to take before the Lord as we pray uh, together. Here's, here's the first reality that we've got to wrestle with uh, today. We must have God's heart for the people around us. You say, Derek, I don't know what God's heart is. I, I, he seems far from me. I, I don't know what is God's heart for the people around us. What does it mean for us as a community of faith to live out that? How do we do this? And so we have to understand uh, some things about the nature and character of God. And we want um, to enter there this morning. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, uh, the words will be uh, on the screen. We'll just be here uh, briefly, but there's uh, Bibles underneath your seat as well. Uh, this is Matthew writing about our Lord Jesus. He says, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest of these people is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, in light of that reality, pray earnestly. Pray earnestly. We pray to the Lord of that harvest to send out more laborers into his harvest. I just love this scene in uh, the life of our Lord. Jesus, God himself, became a man and dwelt among us. We just sang about the glory and the beauty of that fact. That God has a heart for you. Like his heart is bent toward you. He's for you. He's not against you because of Jesus' sake. That God is gracious and he's merciful and he's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love. He is a God who does not look at you and says, do your best, try harder, hope you can make it to me. That's not how God works. That God looks at us in our sin. The Bible describes it here, looking outside. This is us, harassed and helpless. Anybody feel like that ever? Anybody feel like that this morning? I've been harassed by my life. I've I've experienced things that are not fair, that's not right. I've experienced the reality of sin. The world is broken. People have sinned against me. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. And some of you are saying, Derek, it's a big deal for me to be in this room because I've experienced the most of that hurt in the church. Anybody with me on that? We've been hurt, we've been harassed, and we feel helpless because we look at the depth of our soul and we say, I cannot fix what's broken inside of me. I'm helpless. I'm like a sheep that's without a shepherd. My sin has separated me from God, and the result of that is death. Like dead people can't respond, dead people can't do anything, that we are completely helpless, harassed, broken on our own and we're wandering through life and so many of us everyone in this room everybody out there in our city that we love and everybody around every nation of this world are on a 
chase and a pursuit to find something to fix what's going on inside of us. It's the nature of humanity. We're looking, we know something's broken, we know we're helpless, we know we're harassed, and we are looking for a solace. We're looking for a remedy. We're looking inside of us, we're looking outside of us to relationships or maybe to the world and power or pleasure or whatever those things may be. Or some of us have even looked to religion and trying to do all the right things for God to fix this that's going on inside of us. And none of it works, right? Anybody feel like that? You just keep hitting a brick wall no matter how much you try to fix this helplessness of your soul. You can't seem to have any relief. And so here's the good news of the gospel is that you can stop trying. Amen? You can stop hunting. You can stop looking because this is the heart of God for you is that he comes for you. You can't get to God, but he makes a way for you. Jesus puts skin on God himself and he comes and walks among us and he is harassed and he becomes the helpless one and he is rejected by those who he came to save so that there could be a way for salvation for us and for all peoples. The shepherd comes in and dies in the place of his sheep. It's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of God for humanity that he longs for us to know him and to enjoy him. And he has done what is necessary for you and for I and for this world to be reconciled back to the Father. It's the good news of the gospel. That's why we celebrate Jesus. It's because he's the only one that can fix that. He's the only one. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So that invitation, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. That is so true. That is God's bent toward you. He's leaning in toward you. He wants you to know him and to experience him and to enjoy him. He's died and taken your sin and given you his righteousness as a gift if you will repent and believe in him. And so many of us have experienced that. So many of us have come to the end of yourself. We just sang it. Have you come to the end of yourself? When you're done trying to fix it, you're done trying to run from God and say, God, I accept what you've done for me. And when that happens, you become adopted into the family of God. You're no longer this sheep that's wandering off on your own. You are brought in to the fold of God and to where you can know Him and enjoy Him again with other believers. So, That is the heart of God for you. And listen, if we have experienced that, if you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if He's moved towards you in compassion, the only response is to not sit in prideful arrogance and judgment of everyone else. It is not to just go through our lives content for us to have this relationship with God, but to experience the compassion of God personally compels us to show and to experience and to engage in the compassion of God for the multitudes. Because it's not just about us, me and Jesus. He's creating a people. And there are more people who are not in this room or churches like this one in this area and around the world. There are Millions and millions and millions of people who have yet to say you are the only king forever and that you are my savior and I bow my knee to you in glad, humble submission and I receive the sacrifice that you've made for my sins. There are people who have yet to do that. And there's people who right now are dead in their sins. The grace 
that we have been shown. They don't know it. They haven't tasted and seen that he's good. They're lost, hopeless and helpless, wandering around without having a shepherd, no one to lead them. They're, they're, they're running to things that at the end of the day will not satisfy their soul. And so we do not say we're on mission together because we think that we're better than other people. And we do not engage in evangelism because we're narrow-minded bigots. We believe that Jesus is worth the praise of all people everywhere, do we not? He's worth it. And there's people that don't know my Jesus, and I'm not okay with that. And I'm not okay that I don't want to grow the church to have the church have more butts in seats. I want more souls in the kingdom of God and in the family of God. I want more people to know the glory of Jesus. I want them to be able to sing with us. Your glory is so beautiful. And I bow on my knees in awe. And the heartbeat of everything in me is to worship you, to know you and to enjoy you forever. And I will not rest until I see people, real people, to know this gospel, to know this God of the gospel. And so we want to have God's heart for the people around us. So our Savior looked at you and was moved with compassion. Isn't that good news? He looked at you in your state and said, I love you. I'll, I'll forgive you. I'll restore you. I'll restore all the broken years, all the things you've wasted, and I will make it new. I'll restore you to life with me. And he does that to the crowds. Look at that. He saw the crowds. So we're about to pray. We're going to ask God for us to be amazed again that he would show compassion to us and that we would have eyes to see people the way God sees them. We no longer see people just as people, just as other people passing us by. They are souls for whom Christ died. And they are precious. They're image bearers and they're broken. And he's offered love and hope and restoration that is only found in Jesus. And we know it. And so when we look out, we look out with the eyes of our Savior. We are the body of Christ. And we say, we see the crowds. We see them. So we're going to ask, God, give me eyes to see. Help me to see people differently. That's moved out of a gratitude and a thankfulness and a worship for what you have done for me. And that, I love what he says, he, he asked for compassion. He says, they saw them. He was not just judgmental of them, but he was moved. And he says, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're wandering. And so then the words of Jesus, we're going to pray this over our own hearts. He says, ask for help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So pray for laborers. That is one of my most frequent prayers for you and for this church. God, give us laborers. Give us people who will go, that will go to the nations, and that will go across the street, and that we will love people well. And we're asking for laborers, but get this. We pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he would save these people, that he would send out laborers, that he invites us into what he is doing in the world. So as we pray for laborers, we're praying for compassion, we're praying for eyes to see the people that God's placed in our lives, but we're going to pray that God sends laborers. And that does not mean that we pray for other people. You pray for yourself. God, I am a laborer. Send me. Give me compassion. Give me gratitude. Send me. So if you'll bow with me, you can get in groups if you want. 
Uh, you can pray by yourself. I would really invite you to pray out loud. God understands our prayers when we're praying all together, okay? So you can pray quietly if that's more, you're more comfortable with that, but I really invite us all with one voice to lift this prayer uh, before our God together, okay? So in groups of two or three or just by yourself, um, we're going to ask saying. So go ahead and bow, your, bow into a posture of prayer. And so we're going to pray specifically. God, give us a burden for those who are far from us. Give us eyes to see you and see the people that you've placed in our lives. Move us with this compassion. So I want us to think specifically about the places that you frequent. The classroom, your neighborhood, the people in your family, the people at the coffee shop, the people down the road, the people on the other side of town that no one's willingly going into. These places, we're asking God to open up our eyes to see them differently, to see them as souls that he loves, we're going to pray for their salvation, and we're going to pray that God would send out laborers, and that means us, into the harvest to ha- show compassion, extending the, the grace of uh, our Savior. So pray for these things, and then we'll get further instruction in a second. For His glory, to exist for His name and His renown, to be known and delighted in by all peoples of this world. And so that is... The imp- that's what fuels this is not to us O oh lord but to your name be the glory and so I, I i confess can i just be honest as one of your pastors is that so often i want things like this to happen uh, for my glory you know the church grows revival happens and it looks good for us right it looks like look what we did that's just the depth of sinfulness in my heart and god has been wrecking me through uh, different just different means to say if God were to send revival and transform hearts and lives, but he does not use us to do it, would we be okay with that? Is it more about the kingdom of God? Is it more about the kingdom of self and us? And I, I, I want to be honest with you as your preacher. I, I don't know that that's always my heart, and that's just how wicked that I am. And I want to die. I choose to lose my life and my recognition and all the things that I want out of my life. And I die to that so, Lord, that you would be praised. And I want that for our church. And I'm just there, and I'm hearing you guys sing, and I know it's kind of creepy. I'm listening to y'all sing, but it's okay. I can't sing either. And, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you saying these words, and I'm saying, God, let this be the cry of our hearts. Not just something we sing because the band's played and we've got the words on the screen. Like, let this be what fuels us. Like, God, I, I want your glory. I want your kingdom to come here. And so we've got to understand something. If, if we want our city to know Jesus, do you guys realize October 27th will be two years we've launched the Johnson City campus? I'm pumped about that. God's done remarkable things over the last two years. The reason that we multiply, the reason we are not in the room at the gray campus, the reason we're in this room is because we had a vision to see this city know Jesus. And we felt like we could do better at that if we planted ourselves in South Johnson City here in the heart of the city to be a community, to reach the community. That's why we are in this room. And so to love our city well, that eventually in such a way that would ripple into the nations, to do that, listen, loving our city is not just an idea. It's not just some nebulous thing. The city is people. It's loving real individual people. So, so what we're going to bow before, we do this uh, every prayer service, but we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to give us names. To give us names. We got this from our brothers and sisters around the world. 
so the unreached people groups, in places where to bow your knee to King Jesus and to follow Jesus means your life. And so these brothers and sisters, when they come to faith in Christ, one of the people that are discipling them say, make a list of the people who are least likely to kill you. And then go share the gospel with them. And circle the people that, like the top three or four, who are least likely and go to them first. Like To be a follower of Christ by proxy is to be a missionary, to see other people brought in uh, to this. And so we want to, to learn from our brothers and sisters to have an urgency to be about the things of God. And so we ask God, Lord, give us three names. So we're going to spend some time in prayer. And I want you to ask, who are three people in my life? And I'm going to challenge you. Do people that you can actually realistically have a relationship with. Okay, not your cousin in California. We want your cousin in California to know Jesus. But like people that is in your life today, unless you want to fly to California and talk to them or call them, that's awesome too. People that you actually will build a relationship with that you can actually engage. Maybe they're already in your life and you've been pursuing them uh, with the gospel or, or maybe that you need to begin doing that. And ask God, give me three names of people who are far from you. And I'm going to pray for them in this moment, but I'm also going to ask you to give me boldness to share the gospel with them. Like I'm going to go at some point in the next, t- t- today or tomorrow or this semester, I'm going to engage them and I'm going to share Jesus. Not once, but through a rhythm of love and relationships, I'm going to do this. Um, with them and so for some of us that were here in january uh, we did this in january if you remember let me just ask how were your three names going like how, how did that go the people you wrote down did you have a gospel conversation with are you building a relationship with them and if not that's not to say shame on you that's to say god help us give us a burden to, to see people the way you do so so we're going to love our city but we're going to love individual people and so we're going to spend some time in, in prayer right now in your seat and ask God. So these cards are in your seat. Uh, grab a pen. And there's two sides. So do one. So the same names on both sides. So you can rip the card in half. Put the same names on each. One is for you to keep. And the other one uh, you'll turn in as you leave. And all we're going to do is, as your pastors, we're going to pray with you. You don't have to put your name. You can do first names on this card. Or you can just do initials if they're like here with you. And that's weird, you know. Um, you, can, you can do that um, and give that to us so we can pray with you. Let me just say really quickly. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, this may seem really weird for you. Like, I'm on someone's hit list. Like, what's happening? Like, this is so weird. Uh, and this is kind of, like, what, what's going on with this? And so, if we believe what we just talked about, this is out of love that we would go. It's, it's, the, it's the epitome of hatred for someone to believe these things and not tell you. And so, we want to humbly love the people in our lives by preaching Jesus uh, with everything we have. Okay, so let's spend some time in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you uh, three names. Jesus, through the way you live your life, through the words that you speak to them, that, that this city is saturated with the gospel everywhere we go. That happens not with programs and initiatives, but as you live your everyday life intentionally. And I know that's scary. You say, I am like God's tool to reach the world. Like I am a minister of reconciliation. I don't know that I have what it takes, Derek. I'm, I'm not... I haven't been to seminary, I'm not a very good speaker, I'm not like a, a good evangelist, like I, I'm not a talker, like I, I can't do this, this is not in me. Like, so you exempt yourself, say, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I'm not going to engage in this way. And let me just humbly to, to say that, number one, we, we don't have, uh, it's not optional. Yes, more people are more gifted in certain areas, but this is the command for all people to engage in 
the work and the ministry that God is doing in the world. He is reconciling all people to himself, and he invites us to be ministers of reconciliation. It's truth of your life. And if that scares you like it does me, okay, let me just remind us that we have the Spirit of God emboldening us. So as we pray for compassion, as we pray for names and people, Lord, God, give us direction and clarity. Spirit, speak. We, we don't just get up from here and then go do the best we can. We get up from here empowered by the Spirit of God. Do you realize the same God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you? Like God himself resides in you. That he is showing you Christ and he's making you more like Christ. He's changing you every day to be more like Jesus. He's doing that work in you. You say, I don't feel it. There's progress in your life. He is slowly chipping away all of our sin and giving us a desire to holiness. So we ask him, Spirit, do your work in me, but Lord, do your work through me. It's Jesus' life pressed out through your life. That's the Christian life. That's not just for living on mission. It's everything in all of life as we make disciples is empowered by the Spirit of God. Do not get up from here and turn this into legalism. Don't get up in here and say, oh gosh, three names. My life is going to ask me. I've got to share the gospel. Don't let it be out of fear or guilt. That will not motivate you for long. Let it be out of a love for Jesus, but a boldening from the Spirit of God. Like, do we really believe you have, we have this God himself living in us? Do you believe that? How would that change tomorrow if you got up and you spent time with God, not to check a box, but to be with him? And to say, God, I need you today. I need your power today. I need to connect my life to you today because there's people that don't know you. But, I mean, not just for them. I can never be for them what uh, they need. I can never show you the right way until I hear from you. So, God, I need to speak to you. I need to experience you today. The Holy Spirit can do that. He can take that word that you hold in your laps and make it alive to you and make it real to you he will show you truth it's not too hard for you you can understand it because the spirit of god lives in you and you may not be the most eloquent person but here's a quote that has absolutely changed my life there's a lot of people who may be able to preach the gospel better than you Trust me, I look around and I go, there's a lot of men who can do my job better than me. <laughs> okay, they can preach a lot better than me. And it, it paralyzes me with fear. I'm not the best evangelist. It bothers me. I fumble over my words when I'm trying to share it. It gets awkward and people get mad. And it's just, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. So some people can preach the gospel better than you. But listen, no one can preach a better gospel. Is that sinking? Somebody may be able to do it better. No one can preach a better gospel. No one can give the life-changing hope and good news to people. You can, because you've experienced it. And maybe the thing you need to do this morning is just say, God, I want to experience it again. I, I want not to be saved all over again, but I want to restore to me the joy of your salvation because I think that's part of the problem is we're just not really madly in love with Jesus. Because if you get, start jumping up and down over Jesus, you, you can't help but share him with other people. And so maybe you say, I don't know if I know him. So that's where I need to start this morning. I, Derek, I don't know if I know Jesus. Come talk to us. Maybe you need to dwell on the gospel. For, for all of us, we need to ask for boldness. Boldness. 
Spirit of God speaking through us. I want to read this account. So we just read, we're talking about the early church after they prayed, right? They had the Holy Spirit. They prayed. Acts chapter 4. I love this passage of Scripture. Verse 29, the words will be on the screen. It says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. They were experiencing opposition because they were living for the name of Jesus. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word, not our words, but your word that has the power to change lives with all boldness. What Notice, see, it's not our words, and that's all our job is to be obedient, right? To speak. And his job is to give us boldness. And then, while, notice, you, God, stretch out your hand to heal. And that you, God, give signs and wonders and are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So we don't go in our name. We go with the name of Jesus on our lips. And when they had prayed, see that? When they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together, much like this, was shaken. Oh, I beg God for that kind of power when God's people get together and we experience Him in that kind of way. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, God Himself. And they continued to speak the Word of God with all boldness. All boldness. So we need the Spirit of God to do in us what we can't do in ourselves. And we need Him to supernaturally fill our mouths in ways that we can't experience. So, so many of us, I, I'm running a little long, but listen. So many, I, I talk to people all day. In coffee shops, people trying to be a good pastor, loving on people. And a lot of people are tired, and they're broken, and they're hurting, and they're doubting. I mean, can I be honest? Some days, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus some days. I wake up and go, I don't know if this is true. What do we do? And, and sometimes I'm going, God, are you there? Are you, are you really real? Like we say all the time, we're a redeemed community of Jesus followers on mission together. Is that just a tagline? Like, no, we really believe it's our identity. But yet, I struggle to live on mission. I go throughout my life and go, am I really engaging people the way I see in Scripture and the way I have in my heart to experience? And the answer, sadly, most of the time is no. <laughs> and, I, and I wonder, God, where are you in all of this? And, and I, I believe with all my heart, because I'm experiencing this in my own life, if you really want to experience God, like if you want a depth of intimacy with Him that may seem like it's far from you, begin to step out in faith and trust Him. Yes, for your salvation and for your provision, but like actually begin to take that next step. You say, I can't share the gospel because I'm a doubter. I can't live on mission because I got, I'm a mess. Anybody a mess in here with me? Like, I, they can't be looking at me. I'm like, well, yeah, don't look at me. Like, look at Jesus. Okay, you see what I'm talking about? But like, if I take the next step, the next step, that is where I find that God is what I need. Like, Peter doesn't experience Jesus as sustainer and helper until he gets out of the boat. You tracking with me? Like when he steps out on water, he says, come to me. He's walking on water. He gets his eyes off Jesus, begins to sink. And he finds that Jesus is a helper and a savior even in those moments. But you'll never experience God to be what he is if you're in the boat. you got to jump in and trust him. And that's, that's yes for your salvation. It's for your provision, whatever that is in your life. But definitely as we begin to fumble through life and figure out what it means to follow Jesus and to find joy in Him, and we do that for other people. That's what life on mission is, to show Jesus in the everyday stuff of life and to speak the good news of the gospel to, to real people. It's not a sales pitch. It's real life. See, this is Jesus. I struggle. Here's my struggles, but here's what I'm finding Jesus to be. It is in those moments that you begin to find, you know what? When I build a relationship with my neighbor who doesn't know Jesus and I share the gospel, 
It may not go like I thought it was going to go, but it, it didn't, wasn't as terrible as I made it out in my mind. Like, I can do this. When I step out in faith, I experience what I never would know outside of God. So maybe the reason we're just saying, God, what are you doing? Is because we're really yet to really jump all in and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live my life for what you're doing in this world. And it's on that side of obedience that we really begin to experience who we already are. Because that is the identity. That's what he's calling us into. So pray for boldness. Spirit of God, I need you. I need you. So let's bow uh, together. And we're going to ask for that. So maybe a good thing is to say, Lord, I confess my disobedience. (laughs) I've not been living my life on mission. I've not been engaging the people around me. I've not really even cared. And so, God, I'm asking you to do something in my heart today. I, I repent again. I confess again. And not in a legalistic way, but motivated by the love of Jesus. We want to see him known and praised. And so, ask the Spirit of God. I don't know if you've ever talked to the Spirit of God, but you can. And say, I need boldness. Fill my mouth to speak the things you call me to. Make me into the kind of man or woman that I need to be. Change me, God. Fill me. Help my life to be about what it's supposed to be, the greatest purpose of the universe. Don't let me waste my life. And Give me boldness uh, to be your ambassador, to show your glory uh, to the world. So spend some time begging God for these things. I pray that God does this in our church. I, I long for the day that revival comes. I believe that. I, I'll believe it. I want some people to believe it with me. Um, you believe in with me? I, I believe he can. I believe he wants to do something in this city. I, I feel it. I sense it. God, would you do something here? Would you move in, our, in, this, in this place in spite of us? Would you, for your glory, for your renown, help us, God, not take any of the credit. I don't want any of the credit. Just do your work. Get your glory. And so jump in to this mission that he's called us to. Jump in. Jump in. And so the cards you have, as your seat, we're commissioning you out as missionaries. Just as much as we would do if we sent someone to the Middle East. We line someone up, we pray over them, we send them out. So today, we're doing that with you. We are all missionaries, and you're sent to wherever it is that you spend the rest of this week. You're a missionary there. Go with the gospel. Go with the love of Him. Spirit of God, embolden us to share uh, the gospel. So I invite you as we exit out to remember to take care of the cars. Keep one of those with you. Pray for those people. Engage those people. And if you don't care, there will be two people at both exits. Uh, drop one off in the basket. And I promise your elders and your staff will pray uh, for those names. And we're going to pray with you as you engage them. So I'm going to pray us out uh, in a spirit of commissioning us to go into where he's called us to do. Like we do every week, by the way. Uh, but we're just really heightening it up to this morning. So let's pray. Uh, together. Father, we adore you, and we want to give everything for your glory. So God, get glory through us. If you will use us as broken, messed up people, we say our lives are yours. So take us, fill us, change us, send us, we pray. So I pray for these, for us as the church at Tri-Cities, that we would go and be sent as missionaries to the places you've called us to. Give us boldness, give us eyes to see, give us a heart to love, Help us to be your hands and your feet. And we pray that not just for our church, but the church, 
We're not the only ones in this city that are about your fame and your renown. So we pray for all churches that are exiting right now in Johnson City. Lord, we pray that there would be a unity of us, that we would seek the kingdom of God here. Not a church, but the kingdom of God as we live our lives on mission uh, together. We love you. Be praised. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Love you.